Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Mia with One Purpose Magazine. I'm here hosting Blog Talk Radio. Um, I'm just trying to see if I can share it out to people. I'm going to send it to my um, Facebook page to see if we can get some listeners. There's a lot going on in in the building today, so if you hear anything in the background, if you hear um, voices, it's because my neighbors are around. So pay them no, never mind. So I'm here for a new time, 8 o'clock, I want to say 8.45, because I'll be going live after this at uh, 8.45. Okay, let's see. Alrighty. So sorry about that pause and delay. I just wanted to just put a blast out that I'm um I'm on the show right now. I know it's a lot going on uh in media as we speak, but um I'm not gonna stop what I'm doing because it's a lot going on in the world. <laughs> right? So I'm gonna see if I like this Wednesday. I mean, what's today? Oh my goodness, Thursday thing better than the Sunday time slot. Um, I feel more calm on Thursdays now at this time slot than I do on Sundays. But some reason on Sundays, I feel rushed and it's really backwards. I don't know if it's because I feel like I have to prepare for the week and I have to rush to get this out of the way so that I can get my week um, started. But I'm, I'm feeling like I'm vibing with this time slot a little bit better than Sunday. So we'll see. So I always start off with an update for the magazine, uh, One Purpose Magazine. Uh, I, um, I'm still getting the print editions, the print version of the issue done. Um, and upcoming, I have a special edition that I would like to work on. And uh, I've been thinking about this for some time now, even before I put out the magazine, the last edition of the magazine. Uh I've been thinking about doing a special edition for celebrating 10 years. And yes, it's been 10 years. My lighting isn't good. I'm going to have to fix that. But it's been 10 years um, for the magazine for me. Uh, 2010 is when I left my job and started One Purpose Publishing Company, later becoming Jones Publishing and Enterprises. So I want to put out a special edition to celebrate and commemorate that. I haven't had a consistent 10 years, but I have, I'm not consistent in publishing work, but I've, I've been uh, growing and building consistently. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I have that out, and I want to feature um, artists and creatives. And now I want to feature activists and organizers and organizations that um, help impact and influence laws to help uh, black communities underprivileged communities, you know, we all have to do our part in putting our voices behind that, especially now this is the time. So I will most likely use youth and um, college students for that, and I will be having a fundraiser to, to, to raise money to stipend them, to pay them. And I probably, I'm making all kinds of crazy noises, sorry. I will, 
I will um, contribute probably like $2,000 of my money because I know the budget that it takes to do that. So I'll be contributing probably $2,000 of my own money to um, put up so that I can hire uh, writers to, to use their voices and to tell the stories of everyday people like creatives. They'll do profiles and things like that. So I'm looking forward to that. And hopefully I'll get, I'll be able to work with some of the um, high schools and some of the hardest hit communities in the most underserved communities so that those kids can um, benefit from having um, on-a-job training and put some money in their pockets for their families, um, which is always a good thing, and some young college students. But, you know, one one caveat to that is that we really have to understand what's going to happen with school um, come the fall. So we just, it's just so much. There's a lot of planning and a lot of work to do. But these are things that I have had in my tool belt for years now and things that I've been wanting to do. So it's now, all of it is now coming to fruition for me. And it just so happened to be in the midst of all of, all of this, what we're living in. So um, definitely I'm not going to let my vision and my hopes die because I have them for a reason and (laughs) they start manifesting at this time for a reason. So I'm just going to keep it moving and keep, Trying, <laughs> not trying, keep doing. How about that? Let's use that for a word instead of trying. Um, and also I have, uh, let me go back to the chat. Sorry, guys. One P Love Foundation. Um, it is where it's a humanities project where I will be highlighting uh, the stories or doing the oral histories of people from certain uh, like nurses, um, a lot of different everyday people. I want to get the oral histories of their 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 backgrounds and their experiences, and I want to have that archived uh, online or somewhere, you know, just for the young people in the future when they're sifting around trying to find out what life was like. They'll have that of uh, the stories of everyday people, because you know your story shouldn't only be in your obituary. You know, your story should not be just be the dash between the lines of the years of which you lived. And I, and I just want to be someone who, um, that, that is a huge passion of mine. So I started One P Love Foundation to start telling those stories. And I introduced One P Love Foundation when I started doing the nurses' stories. So um, I'm going to try to get some funding for that to see if that's a project that could take off. And again, I want it to be powered by young people. Um, I just want to be the person that brings it all together and or that, you know, creates a platform for it and the young people bring it all together. Um, I've worked with young people for years and I've always said this and I've been saying this. And if you know me, you know how I feel about young people. I always said that they are going to be the ones that changed the dichotomy. Is that the right word? Okay, the shift the paradigm. (laughs) of our experience um, and how we look at things and how we view things. I've seen so much passion and power behind their eyes and like the passion when they talk about some of the issues, um, it's been there and I've been seeing it and, and now we're seeing that manifest and I'm, I'm, I'm so proud. I feel like a, a proud auntie <laughs> over a lot of them. Cause when I see them out there marching and, 
you know, all colors. I'm like, I'm just so proud because I knew it. You know, I knew that uh, it was an uprising in our young people because, like I said, when I work with them and I and we work on them using their voices and things like that, and they get that power, you can see that they're empowered, and then they just want to take on so much. And and now is their time, and they they can do it. I believe that they can do it. I strongly believe that they can do it. So um, I'm going to look forward to that project, and I really look forward to give, getting uh, myself back into working with with the youth. That is, uh, like I always said, that's something that is uh, that I'm passionate about is working with them. And uh, yeah, I've been saying it for years. I've been saying it for years. So I'm so I'm so happy to see that they are changing changing this world and turning it right side up. And uh, and I have to stick with my time. Uh, so, yeah, we have the, the fundraiser that will be coming up. I'll put things out about that. Uh, and um, we'll be highlighting creatives. I'll be looking for people who are creative souls that want to join uh, me and allowing me to profile them or allowing my magazine to profile them. Hopefully it's easier than getting everyday people because <laughs> it's hard getting everyday people. I need a break. Um, let's see. So I'm going to switch it to our self-love message because I always like to give a self-love message on the show. And, um, this one is probably obvious, but, um, uh, I want to give my self-love message to black men. Um, I know that there's a lot of, a lot going on in our world right now, black men, but I personally, as a mother, um, as a as as a woman, as a daughter, every aspect of being female, just want to say that I love you. We need you, and we need you to love you. And I just was I was on Instagram Live um, a couple like a week ago. And the conversation came up. It was late at night. I was up late. And um, it was uh, one of my favorite Chicago comedians was holding, was doing a, a IG live. And the conversation was about, um, you know, kind of, I guess, relationships. And they were just talking about some of the issues. And so he asked a few women to come on live and say what they love about black men. And I was just, you know, observing because I don't really do live. Uh, so I didn't choose to go on, but I was just like, I'm going to steal that topic. And I'm going to share that on my show because I think that is something that we don't do. And I agree with him. We don't say say enough what we admire about each other and what we love about each other. So what I, I thought about it, I had to, I didn't have to give it much thought because it's something that I always say to men personally, but I never really say openly, is that I love the mystery of a black man. Um, what I mean is that your disposition and how you sit back, how black men sit back and, and kind of observe things, like when you're that type of brother, when you're when you are observant and you recognize things and you look at things and you scrutinize and evaluate things and um and 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 you understand things to appreciate them. I know a lot of black men like that. And you know it's so funny because even if it's not if they don't see it in a in a flirtatious way, in a or a romantic way, 
when um you know, when I have a brother come to me and say, Yeah, I saw you doing this or you know, I saw you doing that, or I peep when you uh I see what you got going on, sister, I see what you're doing and this, this and that. You know, I love that about black men. You know, when they open up and let us know that they see us and they they watching us and and um, they they're paying attention and it, it just tells me from of myself personally, you know, it tells me a lot about a brother about how he what he admires and you know what you see in others is what you see in yourself. So if you see me doing dope stuff, then that means that you know you hold yourself to that same standard. So it just it when when I that mystery, if you will. I don't know if that's what what it should be called, but it just seems mysterious to me because I think we have these, um, you know, overcasting ideas of what the other what the other gender thinks. You know, we always, I guess, women, you know, we, we always think that men are thinking about sexual things. You know, the, um, magazines, our magazines, <laughs> always make us think that it's always sexual and stuff. But then when you realize, when you actually have a conversation with a brother and you realize that like, no, he ain't on the surface like that. He He's kind of deep, you know, he, he's deeper than that. You know, he has substance and that's, that's something to admire. You know, I admire that about, um, I, I've encountered it with a lot of brothers, you know, I, I know good black men. I don't know. I don't know. I, I really, I, I don't know, but that is, <laughs> That is something that I admire. So I just thought that I would share that because um, I thought it was a good thing to do. I think we need to do that more. Talk about what we admire about one another, especially in times like this. Times when, you know, we all are kind of being beat up on a little bit right now, even just for standing up and using our voices. And that transitions me to the hot topic. You can hear my my trains in the background. But that just transitioned me to my culture topic. Now, I know that we are in a place where we want to see and hear a lot of work being done to change the trajectory of our future. And I'm taking my time with this. Because, you know, I don't want to speak over myself. You know, I don't want to speak over my thoughts. I want to be very clear on how I see this and how I see things. And I don't want to mince my words. Um, So I have sat in meetings. I have sat on conference calls. I have looked at community pages from my neighborhood, from in neighborhoods that surround me. I have listened to reporters on television talk about the conversations they have had with their black friends, meaning Caucasian reporters. Um, I have not had any of my friends who are white call me and ask me anything, but one thing that I've come to at the close of this week after so much turmoil from across the country, you know, it, we, we've seen the worst, I believe. It doesn't get much worse than what we have seen. Um, so bad to where Sunday I couldn't even do my show. I was just emotionally drained. But it only got worse uh, <laughs> during the week. But 
I noticed that there was an outcrying of Caucasian people, of white people asking black people, what can they do to make it better? What can they read? What can they watch? What website can they go to? What resources do you have to help me be a better white person? That has bothered me to my core because with all of the oppression, (laughs) all of the oppression, all of the uh, abuse, misuse, Um, systemic racism for black people. We don't need a book. We don't need a toolkit on how to be a better black person. We don't need a lesson on how to be a better person. And we should not feel obligated to give anyone a history history lesson on what our experience has been in this country when that experience has been handed to us by them. We don't owe them that. We don't owe anyone that. So to feel like you have to take them through a lesson on how they can treat us better is crazy. It's insane. And it's not okay. We shouldn't be doing it not in the workplace, divert. I was in a meeting at a a conference call at work (laughs) and the diversity and inclusion and inclusion person started her conversation with in 1619. I said, bye, bye. I left the conference call because if I have to give you a history lesson on what this country has been through, you done missed out, and it ain't, I don't know if we can help you. I don't know if you can be helped. I don't even know if you want to be helped. So we're not obligated to do that, and we shouldn't be doing it. We shouldn't have to. We shouldn't be asked to. And another thing that has bothered me that I have seen is a lot of black people feel as though they have to post this meme that says um, white people. The one says not racist. We black people love you. <laughs> like, I love my white friends. What? Why do you feel like you have to remind them of that? Why do you feel like you have to make someone feel comfortable because we are in an uncomfortable situation? This is the time where people do they self-evaluate. They look at themselves and look at what they do and look at what they haven't learned. I talk about this all the time from uh, uh, bettering yourself. Actually, I never looked at my book as being something that um, I could hand to my white friends and say, here, read this. Do some self-work, do some self-healing, do some self-adjusting, unlearn what it is that you've you've digested all your life. Unlearn that. That's what you have to do. That's the work that you need to do. It's a heart problem. And that that is nothing that anyone else can fix. We cannot fix the heart of humans. We can fix the soul of humanity by humans fixing their hearts. But that heart work... You have to do that on your own. 
That is self-work, that you have to sit at home with your family, sit at home with yourself, and most of all, kneel before God and repent. If you feel like you've been wrong, ask God to help cleanse your heart. Ask God to help you with an understanding. I can't give you enough information in the world that will take you to the point where you will do that. I cannot. I cannot. The fact that, like, just, just think about some of the things that you do to people personally in your in your work life you know that's usually where we meet each other that's where white with my white and black people usually meet one another it's in the workplace you know and then our friendships grow from there but what have you done what have you contributed what have you not contributed you know you it, it's 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 hard work you have to do your hard work you have to do your hard work um you have to address white privilege. You know, you have to deal with that. You have to under, you have to fall back sometimes. You know, and if 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 somebody is black and they better at it, at something than you are, maybe you need to let them go ahead and move ahead of you. I barely see that. You know, but uh, it's hard work, like I said, and it's something that you have to work on as an individual person. And I just don't feel like black people have to be, have to feel responsible for teaching that. You know, we don't, you don't have to feel responsible for showing someone how to be a decent human being. And you don't have to remind them that you love them, you know, because that's what we're called to do anyway, especially if you're a Christian, we're called to do that anyway. Especially if you're a believer. I don't, you know, we're called to do that anyway. So that's how I feel about that. Um, so you won't see me doing it. You know, you won't see partner with me on these, on these, on, on, hey, if I decide to talk about some of the laws going forward and things like that, you know, we can talk about that. I'm more than happy if you want information about that. <laughs> we can work on those things. Um, dissecting different areas of uh, in education and healthcare that where things need to be fixed. Fine, those areas those deserve conversation. But you know, I was in. I made a call today for work, and it was just sad. It was somber. A lot of people didn't show up for the call, and I'm still here to work because everything that I do. Everything that I, I I decide to approach in life has something to do with helping somebody else. You know, there's there's purpose in it. I'm not doing it just for a check. You know, so I'm doing my job because I believe in what is. I believe in the work that I do. I believe that I'm there to serve a purpose. My purpose ain't gonna stop. My purpose ain't gonna stop. It's not. And um. So yeah, so so retreat, grieve, feel how you may, um, but the people that's been fighting, we're still gonna be here fighting. So when you're ready to jump on board and join the fight with us, we'll be here. But if you gotta take time and learn what's going on, you're already behind, you know. So whatever, we're gonna keep it moving. And so for the main topic, um, I had some. Let me see. I gotta find my stuff. What happened to it? Because I wanted to talk about mental health, stress, and hypertension. 
<laughs> I don't know why I got to make it sound all sexy. But, um, yes. So, I wrote an article, and it was to black men. See, I've been on this ride. Don't Don't tell me that it's only times like this that we want to love on our black men. That's not true. You know, you black men, sometimes you all are hard to love sometimes. You know, uh, but it's the article, I'm reloading it now because I want to blow it up so that I can read it. And it may take me a little while to read it, but uh, hopefully you all like to to be read to. (laughs) It's late. Why not? So, um, yeah, once it once it comes up, it loads. I don't know why it's loading slowly. Um, once it loads, I'm going to read it out loud, and it's called "Mental Illness in Black Men." Mental illness in black men. I'm going to try to. Um, wow, it shouldn't be taking this long. To load. Sorry about the delay. I don't like the quiet time on the. Here it is. It's still loading slowly, but once it opens, I'll be fine for a while. It shouldn't be doing this because I have my internet hooked up. Ah, there we go. So let me find my page. So it was in my last issue that I published. Um, Hope against all hope was the 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 it's what the issue was about, and it's just moving so slowly. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but as soon as I get there, I promise I'm going to be able to read it to you and it is the again we were talking about um mental health here it is mental illness in black men. So this was from 2017. So this was three years ago. I, like I said, I've been about this life. Everything that I do is nothing new. This is something that I've been about. I've, I've been loving on my brothers. You know, I, I've been loving on y'all. But um, so it starts off by saying, uh, give a give a little message from myself as the writer. It says, I love you. We love you. Black women do. We utter it, mutter it, speak it, write it, and post it. But we're not sure that you hear it, whether we tell you or you read it. It seems to go unnoticed. There's a theory that can be applied that will imply that it falls onto deaf ears because of a hardened heart. Here are three reasons why we think that our sentiment is hard to hear. And then I go on to say, we do not need you. We value you. Can I say that again? We do not need you. We value you. So, you know, it's not, you know, we want you in our lives. We want you to be a part of our lives. And I know there's a lot of people that say, well, yeah, you need us too. (laughs) To an extent we do. But you know what I mean. I mean, for our own validation and our own um, independence, we don't. But we value you. Um, black women, we are strong. We fought through things that no one should have had to fight through in this American culture. So when you see that we do not need you, you take it as an offense. You as a black man cannot save us. That is okay. 
We do not need to be rescued. We need you to appreciate our strength and allow us to stand beside you. We do not want to use our intelligence, um, experience, or strength to degrade or emasculate you. I want you to hold on to that thought right there for just one second. Hold on to that thought. But like I said, that thought, I wanted you to hold on to that thought for just a second because we don't want to use our intelligence, experience, or strength to degrade or emasculate you. We want to build with you. We value you if you can still hope beyond what you have been told is acceptable in this world. The world says it's okay to practice bad behaviors, to avoid your responsibilities, and many fall for it. See how I flipped that? See, a lot of times women get accused of putting men out, but we don't put y'all out. It, it, it's, it's society working against the both of us. But see, that's a whole other theory and a whole other, um, a whole other perspective that would take a, another show. But, um, and, and many fall for it, and strong women will not be with you if you accept that. But if you overcome those selfish desires, we can accept you. And And I don't want you to take that as, you know, me male bashing. It's, it's not. It's just trying to hold you accountable, brother. Because we understand, too, that systems break you. That's number two. These American systems are not made for the black man at all. We as black women understand that. It starts with the school system. No one is attacked like the black man. And not in the education system. I have to add that part in. There are school systems that run like this. A black boy attention span is short because he's not picking up on the material being taught, so he becomes disruptive. With those disruptions, the teaching staff labels him as, a beha- as having a behavioral problem. This label lands him in the class with students who are ostracized for their behavior, behavioral disorders. If that behavior progresses, they are sent to a school with, a heavier, with heavier discipline for behavioral issues and lower standards for education. Does that sound like a pipeline to prison? It sounds like one to me. This method does many things, but mentally it impacts a young boy's self-worth. Breaking the value of a young black man starts young, especially in an environment that he's supposed to be protected in. You're supposed to be protected in the educational system when you are in the school system with the community people that's supposed to support you and help you thrive and help you become your best self. That doesn't happen to many black boys. You know, it seems like a small thing, but overlooking small things can impact or have, or it has impacted entire generations. You know, trauma has shaped you, black man. Many black men suffer in silence. They are depressed and stressed and suffering, and we never know. But we do know. We women, we know sometimes. You know, we, under, we, we see it, you know, because we love our brothers. An angry black man is typically a man who is suffering internally. We may overlook it because a black man is taught never to let them see you sweat. But if you have been in a relationship with a black man, you have seen how the systems are against them. Or, in, you know, in family relationships, we, we've seen it. I've seen it with, with family. And society do not value them. And this weighs on it. I mean, yes, society do not value every sentence gives me, I said I wasn't going to talk over myself, but 
we we see how we see how the society devalues them. I mean, like if if we're looking at it right now, and and uh, as a black man, you cannot drive to and from work. This is this is the part that got me when I read it earlier. As a black man, you cannot drive to and from work without the burden of if he will get pulled over by the police and make it home or not. There is a lot of psychological trauma in this society. If a black man was undereducated as a youth, as, as a youth he is probably too embarrassed to seek the education that will give him the confidence to pursue or press further in life. There's also the family emotional trauma that has to be considered if a male if as a male he did not receive nurturing, he did not receive nurturing from his mother, which gives him a compassion and a level of sensitivity and understanding. You know, that that that's that's a tough thing not to have in this society, you know. Or if he was not properly taught by his father or a male role model, um, importance of responsibility, discipline, and self-respect as a man. Lacking these things can land him in situations that eat away at the little self-worth he has, leaving him without much to build on or from. You know, these may sound like excuses to some, but post-traumatic stress disorder is real. We want men to be responsible and accountable, but those are disciplines that are taught starting at a young age. You know, you learn these things young. If a person never had anyone to teach them these things or they got by without learning, parallel with the society we live in today, chances are with the system set up to break them, we have lost. A black man. We have lost many black men. And um, I think about all those things. I think about all those things when we criticize even the, the, the black boys that's out there looting, the black boys that are killing each other. I, th- I think about, um, you know, I think about all these things, too. We have to remember what what shaped them? You know, it's going to be bad people out there, period. But we do have to think about what shaped some of these boys. But for our, you know, men, our middle-aged men, um, there has been so many studies done on uh, blacks and African Americans. You know, we always say we, <laughs> we are, you know, I work in research, and so we always say, what are we, the guinea pigs of, of society? But there's been studies done on how um, black and African-Americans hold beliefs related to uh, stigma, psychological openness, and help seeking mental health. You know, um, it's a stigma for black people to to not um, get, get health, to get psychological health and mental health. And mental illness is real, and a lot of us deal with it. And I think that we can all say that mental mental illness has impacted us because we all got some type of form, some form of PTSD, post traumatic stress um, disorder. We all have some form of it, and at some point, you know, we all deserve a, a little help and a little love and healing. And we'll get to that, you know, 
I don't know how we fight and heal at the same time, but uh, we have to figure it out. We wouldn't we wouldn't be the first generation that have to do so. So we just have to um, we have to work on that, brothers, because like I said earlier, you know, we need y'all. We we need you, black man. We need you to uh, be with us and build with us and do the things that you know, we dream to do as we progress towards them in life. And so one of the things that I'm asking from black men personally is that you check on your blood pressure. High blood pressure is one of those things that we have to get control of. Um, It's a silent killer. We have to make, and with a lot of stress that's going on, in the world today, emotionally, economically, because we still have COVID-19 happening, you know, whether we want to accept that it's a real thing or not, it's still there. It's, I mean, everything, everything impacts us the most, you know, health, economics, the economy, racism, violence. Our numbers are the highest. In all of them, every last area, black people are impacted the most. So I need you brothers, brothers especially. You know, if I say that I love you and care about you the way that I do, I need y'all to start checking your blood pressure. I need you all to, I don't know, go to a doctor, get an FDA-approved device to check it on your own, Understand what those numbers mean. You know, those numbers are indicators for, um, okay. So let's just start here. You have categories of of, uh, hypertension. So if you are less than, and you're systolic and diastolic, if you, systolic is the higher number. It represents the pressure while the heart is beating, the pressure while the heart is beating. I'm not a doctor, so I can't go into that, but that's what the, the, the higher number is. The lower number, which is the diastolic number, it represents the pressure when the heart is resting between beats. The pressure, it, the lower number represents the pressure when the heart is resting between beats. So your your systolic pressure is always stated first and the diastolic is um is second. So let's say that you get you you get you an FDA approved device and you test your blood pressure and you are at a one twenty two over seventy six. That's a good that's a good normal blood pressure. So normal is when your systolic is less than uh, is is 120 or less, and then in your diastolic is less than 80. So that's that's normal. That's normal. That's normal. So prehypertension is if your systolic is 120 to 139, and your diastolic or your diastolic is 80 to 90. That's prehypertension, 120 
to 139. And if you have like, um, if you have a prehypertension systolic and you have a low diastolic, you know, that's kind of like a high normal, you want to pay attention to the higher number. You want to pay attention to where the number is the highest to categorize um, where you stand. So wherever that, if, if you are, if, if you have like a, a high, a low systolic and a high diastolic, then you want to pay attention to that, that high diastolic. If that makes, hopefully that makes sense. So anyway, so you are, if your systolic is 120 to one to 139 or diastolic is 80 to 89, then you, pre, you are pre-hypertension. Um, so you go into stage one hypertension when you are 140 to 159 or 90 to 99 in diastolic. So your systolic is 140 to 159 or your diastolic is 90 to 99. You are considered hypertension stage one. That's stage one hypertension. And um, if you are, you are stage two hypertension, and this is when it gets real dangerous, is when you are um, greater than 160, 160 or greater, and your diastolic is 100 or greater or higher. So um, you know we we under a lot of stress, and you know they say that if you if your blood pressure if you if you don't have high blood pressure, then you should have your pressure checked at least every two years. Yeah, that's that's Illinois Department of Health. I think that. In times like this, you should check regularly. <laughs> if you have high blood pressure, consult your health care provider. I think we should always be consulting our health care providers if we have questions, especially now with telehealth. Um, our health care providers need to be our friend right now. Like these have to be real like friendships because we need you, black men. And if you don't have um, so some of the things that can, that can, can, can are controllable risk factors in this, and I have only two minutes left, is obesity. We have to watch our weight, not eating a lot of salt. We know that. Alcohol consumption increases blood pressure dramatically, regular use of it. You know, I'm a drink. I love my bourbon, but... We have to be careful with alcohol, lack of exercise, go for walks, take your dog for a walk, <laughs> take the dogs out. It's nice now, but I mean, I know, you know, we got to be safe nowadays, but do your best, get some exercise and most of in overall stress. Stress is hard to measure from person to person, but you cannot tell me that black people are not stressed. One of the uncontrollable risk factors is race. Is race? Can you believe it's race? And and hypertension kills more black people. You know, so you can't tell me that there is not a correlating factor. You know, race, race. I mean, they they can say the genetic makeup and things like that, but we we go through a lot, y'all, and so especially our black men. So do me a favor. Check that out. I, we we need you here. We need y'all here, and um, and that's important to me. So I'm gonna wrap the show up. 
for me, this was a good one. I enjoyed the topic. Um, hopefully, I get to get more people involved in it. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm excited about doing this more. Afterwards, I'm going to go on to my YouTube live for a little while to see if anything is popping there. <laughs> Probably not, but I'm going to see. I'm going to see. I put it out there, so I'm going to see what happens. So in the meantime, in between time, uh, thank you all for listening. If you tapped into the show or listened to the show after it's recording, I appreciate you. The show is all the shows are always posted on One Purpose Magazine page, and they are always here being hosted on Blog Talk Radio. So until next week, I thank you. I look forward to uh, more shows to come. I holler.